0: St. Paul ends his letter to the Philippians with a phrase that seems to be a gigantic exaggeration. Paul is writing his letter from prison, probably in Rome, but maybe in Ephesus. It's not 100% certain. He's encouraging the Christians in Philippi to hold on to the true faith, to remain united through humility, and Christian charity. Throughout the letter, Paul wrote some of his most famous phrases like, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord at all times, and I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul also thanks the Philippians for the monetary help that they give him. Usually, Paul tried to be economically self-sufficient. He didn't want his critics to have ammunition or to be able to spread lies or insinuate that his preaching was all about personal gain. But in this unique case, he accepted their gift. At the very end of the letter, he reminds them that God will never be outdone in generosity. My God will fully supply whatever you need, he said. In accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. This short phrase reveals Paul's confidence in God confidence in God's infinite resources, generosity, and goodness. This is our God, this is our Lord, abundant in generosity, mercy without limit. The same message came across powerfully in today's Gospel. The king in the parable is inviting a huge number of people to a colossal wedding banquet. He's so intent on sharing his joy and his bounty that when the first group of invited guests refuse to come, he gathers a bunch of strangers to his table. His generosity is not based on what they deserve but just about abundant goodness. No one has earned an invitation to the feast. It wasn't a prize for the most talented and the gifted. It was purely the king's initiative, a real gift. This is an image of Christ, our Lord and King. His is a feast of grace, an overflowing banquet of everlasting life beginning now with baptism and fulfilled in heaven. No one can deserve that. It's pure generosity. Jesus longs to share with us the joy of his own divinity. By the mere act of accepting such an invitation, we honor and please him. We love God or we let God love us and give us the very best when we do that. Unfortunately, at times we're plagued by self-centered attitude that comes from ingratitude. Those in the story who were ungrateful and declined the invitation, well, they blocked the king's flow of generosity. Our first duty consists in humbly accepting God's generous gifts, letting him be for us the kind of king he really is. Jesus tells this parable strategically so that the Jewish leaders could hear him, those who had been rejecting his signs and his teachings for a long time. And when they still don't repent, Jesus doesn't give up on them. He sticks by them. Instead, he turns the parable into reality and he shows them on the cross, what true love is all about. Through these stories, God reminds us that his mercy and generosity are unlimited. And this means two important things for us. The first is that God's goodness saves us from discouragement. When we look honestly into our souls, we know what's in there, right? Oftentimes we find deep wounds or pains, some unresolved conflicts, maybe some selfish tendencies at times, and it's easy to become discouraged. That's when we need to remember that God is bigger than our deepest misery. God's generosity and mercy are limitless. And the second lesson that we should be reminded of is that it shows us how we should be generous. Jesus told his apostles during the Last Supper, Love one another as I have loved you. If his mercy and his goodness are without limit, then our generosity should be without limit too. This week, we are being called to focus on thanking God for his mercy and his goodness. And so we enter into prayer this week, taking some time to be grateful and rejoicing in the goodness of our God. And then we turn that around and we are generous as our loving God is generous.